Good morning, friends. It is so good to be with you this morning. Um, have you guys ever seen one of those POV or like starter kit videos or memes before? Okay, if not, we've got a couple to share with you. Um, the writing is a little bit small, so let me share with you. It is elementary school in the 90s starter pack. Anybody relate? Also, my sweet husband on sound, tell me if you need me to move. I can move. Um, we also have Grandma's House in the 80s starter pack. We were with Brayden's great aunt Jean, who is 92 years old, and she has the most incredible couch I have seen in my whole life. She is a queen. Um, and, you know, Tupperware. And then cures for every sickness I had as a kid. Any of these remedies? I still, if I sense a cold coming on, have you guys ever done this? You slather your feet in Vicks Vaseline or whatever that is. Put on your socks, go to sleep, and all your woes hopefully go away. That's what I try to tell myself. I think I need to move over. Okay, well, if you related to any of those memes, they might have made you feel warm and fuzzy. They might have made you laugh or make you feel seen. Today, we're going to be talking about an invitation that Jesus gives us in the Bible. An invitation that calls us, all of us, to consider a different way of being and a different focus for living. If we haven't met yet, my name is Natalia, and we're glad that you're here, and welcome to our friends on live stream. This summer, we get to have a series of talks that we are calling Summer Conversations, which is really about the kingdom of God. And maybe that sounds confusing or maybe even ominous to you, but we want you to know that what we kind of refer to as the kingdom and what Jesus refers to and describes in the New Testament is that the kingdom of God is God's vision for humanity, like what he hopes for us and how he would love to see us act in our daily lives and engage with other people and also what's to come, what God is foretelling the future. But before we dive in, I want to pause and take a quick moment for a check-in. So let's close our eyes and ask ourselves a few questions. Do you have your eyes closed? How do you feel right now? What is on your mind? Do you feel ready to sit and listen? Or is there something hanging in your mind or keeping your body from relaxing? What would it take to hit pause on those worries and thoughts in order to hear what God might have to say to you this morning. Jesus, we pray that you would help us get disconnect from everything in order to reconnect to you and hear your voice this morning. Amen. Well, thanks for taking a second to do a quick little check-in with yourself and with God. I have a question for you. How do homeless or houseless people make you feel? When you see situations like this, yeah, we've got that photo we can leave up for a second, or we have another photo. When we see situations like these, it kind of rubs salt in a wound that we didn't know was there. Like when we go on with our daily lives and we're not thinking about that or seeing that, we feel like we might be okay, but then we see those things and we're like, oh gosh, oh gosh, what do I do? How do I feel? How do I respond? And we don't know what to do with that feeling. 
So often we drive past the needy and we scroll past the sad story because we have enough of our own issues that we can't find answers for, right? Poverty is not just a man sleeping on the side of the road or houses that are shantied together. Poverty is something deep in our souls. It is a feeling of helplessness and hopelessness that we use every available comfort to pack the wound and aid the pain. But what if there was another way? Can you imagine a life where you could slow down and take a step back and step into the pain of others or maybe the pain of yourself? We need a paradigm shift in our lives. In this culture of fast, of accomplishment, of accumulation of wealth and comfort and prestige, accumulation of perfection, right? We need a shift. Throughout the Bible, Jesus tells us what matters most is not how we look to others or even how well we live up to our own expectations for ourselves. The Father pleads for us to see that what matters most is knowing him. And by knowing him, we will get to know ourselves and who God has made us to be. In the Bible, we discover that God has made us to love people and to share a deep love and closeness with him. And in Matthew 22, Jesus clarifies to his followers what matters most. He says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Maybe you've heard this before, right? So I want to ask you, who is your neighbor, right? Is it your friend? Is it your coworker? your spouse, the person that you drive by every day or every week that's holding a sign? Are they your neighbor? Could they be your neighbor? In the Bible, we also find something called the Great Commission, where God shows us that the path to freedom from ourselves is serving others. In Matthew 28, Jesus came to them, his disciples, and he said, All authority on heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Make sure everybody knows that there is a hope in Jesus' name. Listen, I could ask you to do anything. I could command you to do anything, but there is only one thing that I want you to do. I want you to make sure people know hope. I want you to make sure people know that they're loved and they're worth and they're worthy. And when I read this great commission, what we call it, right, I tend to get overwhelmed, if I'm honest, overwhelmed by an assignment that is too big for one person. An assignment that I like the idea of, yes, but I don't have time for. Like, nope, I got somewhere to be. And I don't feel like I have the skills for nor the personality that can win others over easy peasy. That's just not a part of who I am, and that's okay. When we meet people, or if we know someone who is struggling, we desperately want them to know that there is a light and a hope in Jesus. But that conversation, if you've had it, is rarely a quick one. 
right? It's not like we can order the solution on Amazon and get it same-day shipping. I mean, if the solution is Jesus, he's here. I mean, he's faster than same-day shipping, which is amazing. But it takes some time for the hearts of our loved ones and ourselves to thaw and be ready to hear the love and care and compassion of Jesus communicated through his followers. That's us. The good news is God has not asked us to be someone else. He won't ask us to be someone we're not. He has asked us to be who we really are deep within to shed the layers of this world, shed the expectations, the facade, the social masking, the people-pleasing, whatever feel like you feel like is separating you from the face of Jesus, his love and his voice, it is time for that to go. Sometimes it's scary to learn who we are meant to be and who God made us to be, not who the people around us want us to be. But we want to invite you, and Jesus wants to invite you into that process. It is never too late. At the end of a parable, which is a, new, a story in the New Testament that helped share a virtue or a value, Jesus summarized all of the stories he was telling, and he said this one thing. He said, For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. And then the righteous, the people listening, would answer him saying, Lord, when, when were you in, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you a drink? Like, I think I would have remembered that. I know who you are. I know what you look like. And uh, when did we see you as a stranger? And, and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? And man, when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king, Jesus, will answer them and say, truly I tell you, as you did for one of the least of these, my brothers, you've done for me. You did it to me. Jesus tells us that, that what we do for others, we do for him. Because every human, no matter how we see them, is loved by God. The most profound thing that we can do is listen. And as soon as we know that, it changes the way that we live. It is not worth missing another day, missing out on the beauty of God's people. When you drive past someone, who is materially poor, you probably sense a desire to meet their material needs. Maybe that's what they're asking for. And sometimes that still small voice in your heart or in your gut will encourage you to do this. The voice I'm encouraging you to listen to is the one that we so often quiet. And it's the voice that asks, I wonder if they're okay. I wonder if they have hope. I wonder if I could sit with them and talk with them. I wonder what led them to these circumstances. Was it even their choice? Empathy is birthed in listening. We are not capable of wholeheartedly serving others without having compassion and empathy in our hearts because if we don't, we will burn out. Our why 
will wither away under the pressure of doing good things because we should do them. Instead of doing good things because there is no other way to live. A life without getting on our knees in front of Jesus and saying, I know that these people, the drug addict, the homeless person, the person that makes me really uncomfortable or angry, these are your people. Which means that these people are really our people. We are of one tribe, one blood, one father. What is listening like for you? Like really, really listening. When someone that you know or maybe someone that you don't know very well is complaining or in pain, they've come to you, maybe they're struggling with their marriage, their thoughts, their mental health. What does it feel like to be on the other side of that person? Real listening should be as mentally engaging as talking. As we established earlier, poverty is not just material. Spiritual poverty is the chasm dividing us from the Father, dividing us from the other. So how do we overcome that? How do we build the bridge? Listening. Listen to yourself. Listen to God. Listen to that hard and scary invitation that God is making to you. Listening is the opposite of fixing. We have all been on the other side of sharing our story or something with someone and their responses try to fix, to try to fix the situation or sometimes to try to fix us. And neither of those things feel very good, right? We've all been there. But listening, listening is fundamentally love. To really listen is to leave yourself behind. What would it cost you to listen? Maybe your time, your pride or appearances, your agenda for a conversation or a relationship or your control and influence. What would it cost you? Listening demands that we slow down, that we listen with our heart and with our spirit. Our Father is the greatest listener. Think about how much we talk and how much we hear him. Like, he's a really, really good listener. He is a great example for us. The more that we listen, the more that we ask thoughtful questions of ourselves and others, we discover that little in life is a quick fix, but that good things and restored relationships come from listening. What if the restoration of humankind to each other and to God happened not because of sermons or knowing every single detail in the Bible, but because we actually listened? Listening and understanding creates conviction and action. This is where the Great Commission comes in. This is where the future of our lives comes in. This is where the future of the next generation comes in. Let's take a moment and imagine if that person you wish understood you, who you feel like you always have to explain yourself or their gaze 
Maybe just their gaze causes you to feel shame. Imagine if they stopped and listened to you. How would that impact the relationship? So what does it look like to listen to the other? It looks like taking the jeopardous step out of what you know, what we can control, in order to see the other. Get out of our perception of someone or something. And if we do that, we might have the chance to see a fragment of how God sees them. The Great Commission shifts our focus from us and the few around us to the other. It requires us to intentionally exit our comfort zone, our circle of control and influence, and submit to another culture. And we don't always like that idea of submitting to anyone, and especially not something that's uncomfortable or maybe we don't agree with or understand. But that is the invitation. That is how we get to know someone who doesn't feel like they are like us. Listening and understanding are not efficient. In the Bible, God constantly calls people to go to new places and go reach new people. He, it seems like he really does not want for us to get too comfortable. Stretching our comfort zone stretches our faith. One of the ways that we can do this is through outreach work. And Evergreen, we get to serve people here, near, and far. And on the screen, there's a little bit of how, the ways that we get to do that. And I want to know, have you ever considered serving in any of these capacities? Where are you feeling the Lord? Or have you felt the Lord tug on your heart and said, I don't have time for that. I don't have money for that. Through serving, we come face-to-face -face with people that are different than us, a different walk of life, a different culture, different ethnicity, different religion, different values. Does that make you uncomfortable? Not just in theory, but like in real life when that happens. Does it make you uncomfortable? That's okay. Let's lean into that. In less than a month, a team of 10 will be heading to our partner village in Guatemala. We're going to have some pictures to share with you. The village is called Chicolte. It is named after a rare local tree. And the village is located in the northwestern highlands of Guatemala. It is beautiful. It is remote. And it can be uncomfortable. For the last eight years, Evergreen has had the gift of engaging in a 10-year partnership with Chicolte, facilitated through an organization called Food for the Hungry. And the goal of this partnership is and always has been to ask the Jesus question of what can I do for you? The village leaders in Chicolte consider and prioritize projects to meet the needs of the community. They fundraise and put together project teams, and we as a church get to match their contributions toward projects. We get to sponsor kids in their village, and we get to help with projects each year a team visits. The goal from the beginning has been to help the village reach sustainability goals. Sustainable education, nutrition through chickens and gardens, sustainably, sustainable access to clean water, healthcare, and more. We are so excited to see not only the progress in these projects, but the depth and breadth of relationship that grows over time and commitment to a community. 
in Mexico, we'll have some videos to share or pictures to share with you. Evergreen gets to partner with YWAM, Youth with a Mission, Homes of Hope, to fundraise, prepare, and send home build teams to Ensenada, Mexico each year. And some of you guys are joining on this year's team, and we also want you to know that there is space for more, and we would love to have you on the team. There is no experience required in missions work or in construction or um, anything like that. You don't have to speak Spanish, but if God is calling you to go, we want to invite you to take that Seriously, consider that invitation and ask yourself and ask God, okay, what are my next steps? Homes of Hope trips are an amazing three-day opportunity to serve, bond, build a home, and grow our faith. And we would love for you to consider joining one of those teams. We are going in November this year. If you're interested, we're going to have Ben Farley, our Mexico um, Homes of Hope team lead, his email up here. It's 503-BEN-FARLEY, yep. Um, and you can apply to join the team until August 31st. So you've got time to think about it, pray about it, ask some questions. There is something about being out of our element, out of control, that breaks down barriers with the Holy Spirit and makes us more reliant on his voice and his protection. I asked a handful of team members who have served on Guatemala and Mexico serve teams previously to share their why, which is their motivation, the reason that they get uncomfortable again and again. And here's what they said. I'm going to share with you four responses. The first said, to show the village that we are supportive of their community, to be a blessing and to allow God to work through me. It is a wonderful way to learn and appreciate a different culture. The second person said, I go to bring hope and share the love of Jesus. My faith was built up by their openness to God's love. To demonstrate the love of Jesus through practical help and encouragement. Missional work reminds me that nothing matters more than serving Jesus and serving people. It removes the distractions and the vices of daily life and forces me to be wholly dependent on a God that I am still getting to know and getting to trust. How do we listen well? We get uncomfortable. Serving others does not have to be spontaneous or quite so scary. I want to invite you to consider some ways to prepare yourself to serve. And I'd love to invite the band up. The first way thing to consider is calendaring it. Now, if you know me, I'm a type A person. This is probably always going to be the top of my bullet points. Calendaring helps me be successful. But serving others, which we are all called to do in some capacity, does not happen at random. It does not happen if you don't have time for it. If you are feeling the tug of serving on a missions team, the financial aspect is real. It can take time to save, to fundraise, and prepare. So I want to invite you to pray about 2023 and pray about 2024. And as you pray, if you feel your heart stirred, sit with that feeling. Please don't shut it down. Please don't brush it away. Please don't tell yourself you'll take care of it later. Because when we do that, or at least when I do that, I begin to develop a lot of really great excuses of why I can't go or why I can't follow whatever it is the Lord is inviting me into. If you're feeling a tug to serve on a missions team, 
or to serve in any capacity or to meet the needs of other people, we want to invite you to sit with that. If you sit with that sense and that call and that invitation and start praying for God to open doors, he will. He will pave and create pathways. So be on the lookout for what God's doing. Be on the lookout for those pathways. We don't have to create them. We don't even have to be stressed about the next step. He's got you. The next thing we want to try is to press into the pain. What is keeping you from seeing the hard, the poverty, the pain in, in people around you? This spring, I heard a pastor say that the longest distance is from your head to your heart. What would it take to align that connection of your head and your heart so that what you see with your eyes and your mind reaches your heart? Would it take slowing down? Is there a vice or a distraction or a fear, an anxiety, a discomfort, or something that blocks you, that blocks that alignment of your head to your heart? So back to that question from earlier. How do those pictures of homelessness or physical lack make you feel? Maybe not the pictures that you see on the screen, but when you drive past that person in real life, how does that make you feel? The commission we have received is one that says when we encounter the other, don't shift away. That is the time to press in, to ask questions, to approach someone and to get to know them and their story. And sometimes saying yes is an act of faith that says, I trust you, God. I know you will provide. I know that you are calling me and I need to act now. Where are you being called to just jump in? Sometimes this kind of call is the scariest. Even if you're not the, especially if you're not the particularly kind of spontaneous person, right? This is an act of faith. Believing in the unseen, believing that God will equip you if he has called you and he will provide. Last week, Carlos challenged us that we have to choose our kingdom or God's kingdom. We can't hear or see God's kingdom when we are only listening to ourselves. I have to confess to you that when I saw someone on a street corner with a sign, I was sorely lacking empathy for most of my life. I made assumptions about them. And at the end of the day, that means I was prejudiced. Until someone that I love dearly found themselves hope homeless. Their lifetime of family dysfunction and mental health struggles and lack of community support led to addiction, divorce, homelessness, and a deeper spiral. That person was trying. They are trying. They are fighting for their well-being. They are suffocating under the weight of depression and shame and trauma. This person is not lazy or faithless. They're in pain. We meet Jesus in the space between our comfort zone and heaven. 
We are not meant to live as segmented people, not segmented from others or segmented from ourselves or segmented from God. We are meant to live as wholehearted people. And let me tell you, the love that you give will never be a waste. Listening to and serving others will never be a waste. What would it cost you to listen, to get uncomfortable, or to serve? Let's pray together. Father, we are so grateful for the way that you love us, the way that you made us, that we are all different. And instead of that being scary or unfamiliar, you are inviting us for that to be the spice of life, to take joy in your people, to love your people, to reach your people, to meet the needs of others, and to listen. Before we act, we have to ask the questions of our heart. How, how does the pain of the world, the poverty of heart and soul and material, how does that make me feel? And am I willing to do something about the way that that makes me feel? God, we pray that you would encourage us to our next best step, that you would show us our next best step. Because we know that you have something good for each and every one of us. I want to make an invitation for anyone here or on live stream who is saying or thinking, whew, I'm ready to make that leap. I am terrified of what that means, but I feel the Lord tugging on my heart. I feel him calling me to serve or meet a need or reach people or get out of my comfort zone or give or whatever that looks like. With everyone's eyes closed, if you are feeling that tug, I want to invite you to raise your hand. I want to agree with you. I want to celebrate you. Jesus is celebrating your yes. He is celebrating this stirring in your heart and soul. So Lord, I pray for these individuals that you would make their path clear to them, that you would show them their next step of how to love and how to listen and how to serve. And Jesus, that you would help each and every one of us be present so that we can listen and empathize and love. We submit ourselves and our plan and our perceptions and our prejudices to you and ask that you would fill us with your love in the way that you see people. Amen.